millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 26. Yeah? I think. Sorry, after, for some reason I didn't think you recorded your laptop. You look very confused with your laptop. Uh, yes, hello, welcome to episode 26. Welcome to That's What People Do. We're back. Um, it's our time to record. Uh, I haven't seen James in a month. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? In I'm fact, I think it's been under a month this time. I think it was the 17th of December last time, and it's now the 14th of January. That's right. That's right. Fair enough. Um, it's getting shorter and shorter. It is. Um, right. We are going to hit you. Oh, um, yeah. No, we did all the welcomes to 2020. That's because we recorded last month. Before yes, we've it done was, our New Year's Day one. We've done the New Year's Day. We've, we've wished you all a happy 2020. Maybe we've done the 10th of January once a month. That's that, yeah, we're, we're so far ahead in the future. Uh, so, we're going to go with a lady called Sophie... Shoal. Uh Now, you may have heard of this woman. I know James has heard of her briefly. Yeah, off on like a Facebook post, that's literally about it. Yeah, so she has sort of made the rounds on social media in the last couple of years, quite on the liberal side, the left side of the political leanings. Yeah, she tends to make an appearance with people point. using her as an example for speaking out against, you know, uh, regimes and whatnot, the things that we don't like. Yeah. And uh, we'll find out why in this episode so um, welcome everyone this episode is about sophie scholl and let's get into it all right so her name sophie magdalena scholl was born on the 9th of may 1921 in forchtenberg in germany i am going to try i am going to try in german accent a little try and say them a little better is it, rather than just is uh, it forchtenberg or fuchtenberg no it's f-o-r-c-h-t-e-n-b-e-r-g Forktenberg. Yeah, Forktenberg. like Forktenberg. Ah. Right? Um, so, yeah, she was born 9th of May, 1921, Forktenberg, Germany. Her parents were Magdalena Müller, um, which is where she obviously it's gets such a German name. name, isn't it? Müller. Ma- Magdalena Müller. Yeah. Müller. I love that name. I think it's great. Müller in the UK is a yogurt. It's a yogurt, but I'm pretty sure it must be a German yogurt created by someone Muller the person must have been German yeah it must be surely it reminds me um, in I think I'm not sure which World Cup it was it's but uh, Muller Thomas Muller Thomas Muller was what taking a, a corner kick and it was like and, and uh, Marco Royce was also there to take the short corner and mm. it was uh, someone had tagged it saying Muller Royce corner 
<laughs> good. Uh, which is uh, a yogurt you can buy in the UK, <laughs> uh, a rice pudding yogurt. So, yes, her mother was Magdalena Muller. Her father, his name was Robert Scholl. He was a liberal politician Ooh. who was going to have sort of a bit of an influence in her life. Um, so she was the fourth of six children. Those children were called Inge, which is I-N-G-E. Mm. Which I presume is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Sounds like that's right. Inge. Inge. No, I'm not sure it's Inge. <laughs> Inge. Uh, so Inge, Hans, Elizabeth, Sophie, herself, uh, Werner, and Tilde? It's T-H-I-L-D-E. I think the Elizabeth would be Elizabeth, I think. Maybe. I had a friend from Latvia called Elizabeth, but it was spelled Elizabeth. And I'm just assuming it's that neck of the woods. Mm. Almost. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We're going to go with Elizabeth. Um, Sophie, you say, uh, Werner um, and uh, Tilde, I'm going to go with. Unfortunately, Tilde didn't last very long. She died uh, quite a young age. Um, but still, she comes as one of the children. Now, um, only Inga and Elizabeth, or Elizabeth, would outlive the war. So out of those six, only two would make it out of it. Not great. Yeah. So the only two survived to old age. Sophie Scholl herself, she grew up in a Lutheran household and had a carefree upbringing. I tried to look up a bit more about Lutheran religion I've to never try and get an idea of her upbringing because she was quite heavily religious. Mm. So I was like, okay, let's try and find out a bit more about Lutherism. Lutheranism. Um, you've heard of Martin Luther, yeah? Due to like nailed, is it ninety-four theses on a church door in Germany mm. as to like, I don't like the Catholic Church. I don't like what it does. Here are ninety-four reasons or things that we could do to change it. Um, and I think that's the branch of Christianity, Lutherism. Right. Okay. Lutheranism. Um, it's something about using the Bible as scripture. The, like as it should be you know not like uh, I think his problem was like Catholic priests were the only people that could read the Bible and so were able to interpret how they wanted to do it and so they could manipulate people to do things based on just being like well it's the word of God it's in the Bible you can't prove me wrong because you can't read it right. and he was like well I don't like that because then you could sell offers and all that sort of shit so he yeah. was like no I want to translate the Bible into German so that everyone can read it and mm. then we can all hear the word of God and then everyone started being like well actually we're all interpreting how we all like and then loads of fucking offshoots of Christianity yeah. came around because of it I think Okay. but yeah their whole thing was like the book you have to take the book as it is right. sort of like you don't you, you, you get sort of salvation from doing good Yeah. you know rather than buying good and all this sort of shit I get you I think I might have got it wrong. If you're a Lutheran, let us know. Tell me I'm wrong, because I don't get it. Um, religion is not my strong point. So, her father, as we discussed, his name was Robert. He was the mayor of Forktenberg. So, that's quite good yeah. for the kids he's as well. Good. Yeah, he's doing all right. And being liberal, you can imagine that her upbringing was one that allowed her to sort of express herself and think outside the conventional box. All right, She was allowed to sort of think and, you know, it would show later on she's very into philosophy and stuff like that. So Sophie, um, at the age of seven, started junior school and took to learning like a duck to water. All right, She was into her drawing. She loved painting, doing art, reading. Her father um, moved them uh, away to Ludwigsburg and then on to a place called Ulm, which is in southern Germany, mm-hmm. sort of um, Munich, yeah. around that sort of area. And um, having finished as the mayor, they moved and he opened up a tax and accounting company in 1932. 
and then she started her secondary school for girls. So she's grown up with a political father, very liberal, very like, you know, be free, kind of do what you want, grow yeah. up, be a cool kid, like learn what you want to learn. I'm not the mayor anymore. Let's go over to this place called Ulm and live for a little while and you can start your secondary school. But it is now 1933. And it's not a great time to be in Germany. Germany is a bit of a mishmash in the 30s. Uh, Mr. Adolf Hitler is appointed the Chancellor of Germany Mm. and his Nazi ideology is being normalised, especially when on February the 27th in 1933, the Reichstag building in Berlin was set on fire with a Dutch communist, Van der Lubbe, being blamed for it. Now, the Nazis spun a communist plot, saying that, you know, they're trying to kill you, kind of thing. There is a plot to overthrow the country, scared the populace, which allowed Mr. Hitler to be granted emergency powers. Mm. So then freedom of press was abolished. Other political parties were completely banned and anti-Jewish laws were passed and started becoming normal. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's a crazy time to be alive. Germany in the 30s is a bit crazy. Yeah. Obviously, there are a lot of people that don't like that time uh, living yeah. in Germany, but, you know, there are quite a lot that did. Ugh. Now, as I say, minds don't change overnight okay this is obvious minds don't just change overnight there were opponents to the nazi party not everyone wanted a nazi running the country uh actually only 36 percent of the vote was yeah they never toward got the nazi no uh they had a big enough vote that they could be taken seriously mm. but they were not a majority party as yeah. far as i'm aware um which if brexit is anything to go by even if they have half the vote there's still another half that will oppose you. Yeah. So 36%, you know, Germany gets a bad rap, particularly with like teenagers that don't know. Yeah. Like when I was growing up playing Xbox Live, yeah. you would, if you were German yeah. online, you just didn't want to play online because you just get bullied. the teenage shit <laughs> you get online. Yeah. If you're German or if you even sound German, you're immediately called a Nazi when you're like, for sure. When you're a teenager, like, I heard so much of this stuff, man. It's awful. I mean, it happens a lot. It happens now, like you're playing FIFA or something, and a German player misses an absolute sitter. It's like, oh, you fucking Nazi. Yeah, it's 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 really bad. Um, so if anything, we want to put out there that actually it seems not quite quite substantial amounts of people were anti-Nazi and didn't yeah. agree with it and weren't like, that's not my party, that's not my country, it's yeah. not my ruler, like what we do now. It's like, it's not my, bol- not my prime minister, yeah, not, my, not my president, all that sort of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's but very unfair to say. Hitler was just very good at silencing those people, wasn't he? Exactly, and I think that's that's probably one of the things that's almost like their legacy is that they've managed, to, it's like, what is it? This is a joke from a comedian, I'm probably going to butcher it and copyright or whatever I don't know <laughs> is it, copyright doesn't count if you butcher it does it no just parody it and then it's fine okay so there was like a comedian that said something like one of uh, Austria's greatest achievements was a, uh, was um, convincing the world that Hitler was German yeah because he was Austrian he was born Austrian yeah. wasn't he yeah um, and then he invaded Austria yeah annexed it we could say yeah just literally walked through yeah um, anyway let's get back to Sophie Scholl Sophie Scholl's parents were those that were opposed to the new regime. Robert and Magdalena were sceptical of the Nazi party before, during and after the war, but kept quiet for the most part. 
the Nazis found an ingenious way to keep people in line, and that was to aid the support of children. Children are shit at keeping secrets. Yeah, they really are. And if you can indoctrinate them early enough, you have an ally for life. Yeah. Now, there were stories of children learning in school and the Hitler Youth about treason and such, and anyone speaking out against the state should be told on. And kids fucking did it. Children actually ratted out their parents to officials completely unaware of the consequences of what it, what they were saying. Yeah. Um, so it's like when, you know, like, I don't know, when parents say to, like, the kid, remember, you're nine and a half. Yeah. You're nine and a half. Yeah. Otherwise, we're not going to get the free swimming. Yeah. Under tens get free swimming. And yeah. then, the, then like, the receptionist is like, oh, um, how old is he? He's nine and a half. And then the kid's just like, no, I'm not I'm ten. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like that. It's literally like that. Like, there yeah. are kids at school being told, you know, if anyone says anything like nasty, like, make sure you go to an official, run, hide, tell, all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the kids hear it at, at home. Yeah. Like, dad being like, oh, fuck that Hitler guy. Oh, for fuck's sake. Da, 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 da. And then they go to school and they're like, oh, my dad says, like, Hitler's stupid. Yeah. What? Yeah, you can't say What's that. What's he saying? Okay, hello, Mr. Mr. Scar- Mr. Gestapo. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And then the kid has no fucking idea what they've just done. Yeah. That's awful, family. man. That's actually awful. So naturally, parents were wary of what they say in front of their children, which that on its own is like, that's bad. Yeah, really. You have to be careful what you say in front of your own kids. It's like, uh, have you ever read 1984 by uh, George Orwell? I've never read it, but I know of it, yeah. Definitely give that a read, like, anyone read it go read it it's brilliant there's like there there is a lot of that in there there's like one particular family where he ends up going to like uh uh what's it called what's that room called room 101 yeah yeah, yeah. He ends up going to room 101 and it's like his kids ratted out on him and they had no idea what they were doing they were so indoctrinated they just did it yeah and then like afterwards there were consequences because of it yeah it's, it's mad so as i say Parents naturally worry about their kids, and when Sophie, at the age of 12, expressed her desire to join the uh, Young Madel Bund, which is Young Girls League, nice. I hope I got that right, uh, which was the female arm of the Hitler Youth, Robert and Magdalena kept stumm. Yeah. Um, they were like, Mm-mm, no, she's getting into this now, so let's keep it. Mm-mm, we're yeah. not saying anything now. Wise. Yeah. So... She joined at the age of 12. Now, uh, if I'm right, I think 10 to 14, you were in the Jung Mädel Bund. And then after 14, you joined the Bund Deutsche Mädel, which is the League of German Girls. Okay, so when she was 14, she joined them. Now, during this time, uh, you would continue. uh, She would continue her passion for reading. She really got into her philosophy. Mm -hmm. And also, as I say, she's quite religious. She likes to read her religious texts as well. Yeah. So she's doing that alongside doing her, um, you know, Bundeutsche Mädel activities like gymnastics, sports, lessons on motherhood, homemaking, domestic training, right, camping and skiing. Huh. I'm pretty sure you must have seen videos of like young Germans all in like big fields doing like exercises yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. in their like perfectly white pristine leotards and yeah. clothes and gym shorts and whatever. That's like that's mostly like Hitler Youth and. Uh, the girls arm of it as well and they're all doing their exercises and stuff like that and yeah they'd learn how to be like a good mother yeah and like how you'd look after your perfect ss soldier husband yeah. and, like, look after his perfect blue-eyed blonde hair children yeah. and bring them up and stuff like that like women even got awards and medals for like having children so yeah, if you, they're if encouraged. You, yeah they were encouraged to like 
bringing up more German kids. Yeah. And if you had, I think it was like eight kids, you got like a medal and a, like a signature from Mr. Hitler himself being like, congratulations, well done. You've had eight children. You're helping the German people, whatever. Weird, isn't it? Like really bizarre, bizarre way to live. The boys, they had it more fun. They did pretty much the same stuff except for like the homemaking, domestic training, but they got to shoot guns and fly glider planes cool. and they got to play soldiers basically. Yeah. Which is why apparently uh, the German Luftwaffe was actually quite notorious and very, very good because uh, the young lads, when they were in the Hitler Youth, like sort of, you know, some in some stages, 10 years before, were flying yeah. gliders when they were like 10. Yeah, now they're 20 and they're in the Luftwaffe. They know how to fly. They've been flying for like nearly 10 years. They've got loads of experience. Yeah. That and also the Luftwaffe had had a little role in the Spanish Civil War, and they were pretty good there. Yeah. So they've got a lot of um, expertise. Couldn't take Britain though, could they? Battle of Britain. Yeah. Undefeated. <laughs> Aye. Um, so over time, Sophie began to question the Nazi heavy doctrine that was being drilled into them at school. She was reading philosophy books. Her parents allowed them to think for themselves at home. Nice. Um, so what started out as fun Girl Scouts was becoming more cult-like, and with Sophie, it was beginning. She was beginning to speak out at home. Yeah. So her older brother Hans. We need to talk about Hans. Hans. Hans is a big part of her story as well. So her older brother Hans, who was once an enthusiastic member of the Hitler Youth, was also questioning the things he was being told. Right. Her parents were proper relieved and supported their thinking and listened to things like foreign radio stations, which at first the Nazis discouraged, yeah. but later banned, yeah. uh, trying to control the information consumed by the people. Okay, So how cool is that? Her parents are like, even though she at that point she's like, you know, Nazi this, Nazi this, this is da-da-da-da. They're still like, mm, okay, but, you know, think for yourself yeah. at home. Like, probably tiptoeing around it all, being yeah. like, oh, that seems lovely, honey, but, you know, have you thought about that before? And she's yeah. like, mm, okay, and she's reading her philosophy books and whatever. And then when she starts coming home, she's like, I don't like that. They're she's like, reached her own conclusions. Oh, fucking hell, thank fuck. Like, wipe sweat off your forehead. Jesus Christ. All right, cool, cool, cool. Hmm. Let's all go listen to The Archers yeah. from the UK. If only we had a whole population of people that actually thought of themselves. Do you know what it is? That's that's it, in it, in a nutshell. Is you know, a lot of people they're just being told what to listen to, and they just take it as fact, and that's it. Literally, if you buy like things like the Sun and shit like that, just just have a think. Have a little think about what you're doing. Let them make their own mistakes. You know, because I I, I firmly believe that like as a as a liberal man, my enemy isn't the Tories. My enemy is Rupert Murdoch. That's yeah. what I believe. That is almost like. That is heading towards the sort of Nazi ideology, though, of we'll ban the newspapers we don't like. I wouldn't spread, ban spreading it, like, false information. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, there it's is a, a freedom one, of press. Because you have to have freedom of press, but you also... He's but a what, massive, yeah. massive prick. Mm -hmm. The problem you have is the, the wealth and power he has, mm. which allows for that shit to get around. Yeah. Whereas if you had, say, Mr... Mr owner of the newspaper Mr Murdoch was a very lefty liberal person then it would be with the other, all that money and way. power it yeah. would be you know oh fuck this fuck that we don't like this let's get that let's do this let's da 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 yeah you know um, then it would be the the right wing who would stand up against it mm. yeah but then uh, there's a whole thing with the press I saw something the other day that was like um, press neutrality is also propaganda in some weird way eh how oh, I don't know oh, God, it's really raining um how was it? 
I, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's a whole thing. I'm not going to lie. I've taken a political backseat the past few months. I just enjoyed Christmas and had a good time. Yeah, I've been the same. I've genuinely I've I been the same. I can't anymore. I, um, once the election happened, there was that... We spoke about it, like, was it two episodes ago or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a meltdown for about a week. There was, there was a Yeah, the country had a meltdown. Well, half the country had a meltdown. And now it seems like everyone's just got on with their lives. Yeah, I've literally, like you said, I've taken a little political backseat. I'm just like, do you know what? I'm... I'm I'm not. I'm not listening to much of the news. I'm not interested. I'm just taking a back seat for it for a little while. Yeah. And then I'm having a reset. I'll I, get I back got invited to a, a Labour meeting, and I got invited to a Young Labour meeting, and I was going to go to the Labour meeting just to sit and observe. I didn't in the end because I was just, I, I couldn't be bothered to be honest with you. But I just think like the emails that they're sending out at the minute, it's as if World War Three just broken out. Well, it almost did. Almost did. Well, well it, it still could. Thing, but, yeah. It still could. As, as we're speaking right now, Iran and US. are pretty much it seems to have died, died down a bigger than bit. the other well no no they sent rockets literally like yesterday or the day before yeah into iraq why is iraq in the middle of it all just being like um can you not it'll, it'll be fine it won't kick off it'll be fine i hope not it'll be fine we'll, we'll keep telling ourselves until it's not it'll be fine <laughs> this is fine just like <laughs> no, was it? The, the, the dog meme yeah. <laughs> kitchen of fire, fire. Yeah. this is fine talking of fire australia literally is on fire anyway we're going massively off we are yeah uh so yes, uh, all right, all right. To sum up, basically, where we've got to, Sophie, fourteen, couple of years now on, she's she's part of the. Um, I want to say it again because I really really enjoy saying it. Bundesliga Mädel, the Bund League Deutsche of Bild. German Girls. Okay, she's learning Nazi ideology. She's doing her fitness. She's doing her gym. She's learning about home economics and all that sort of crap. But also, she's reading a philosophy book. She's reading a religion. Uh, and all the religious texts and whatever, and she's starting to now think for herself and go, actually, do you know what? I don't like this. Yeah. And now she's starting to say it at home, and the parents are very, very, very supportive of it. And they're like, yeah, feel free to say what you like. This is a safe space. Be careful where you say it outside at home, but uh, in home you can say whatever you like, mm. um, which is great. Like her dad, he's, he's awesome at that in particular. So her dad, uh, side note, he was in prison for four months in 1942, uh, for calling Hitler God's scourge at work. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was, he, I think, uh, yeah, in his taxing and accounting business, he was at work and he was just like, oh, that Hitler guy, like, referring to him as God's scourge. Yeah. Um, and he got put in prison for it. And he got put in prison for That's four outrageous. months for I'm, that. I got sent out of the classroom at school once because I called the uh, headmaster an asshole. Not to his face. I think I was just talking to one of my friends and I was like, oh, he's an asshole. Not even to his face. And the teacher sent me out because of what I'd said. I, I can understand if you sent me out for swearing, but you can't send me out for having an opinion on another human being. It's I, I suppose it's the way you said it. Yeah. You called him an arsehole for that reason. They were like, no, no. You didn't leave. I but think then if I, I kicked out for the swearing, I think. But if I said, oh, I, I don't value him as a person, I think what he stands for is wrong, would they send me out? <laughs> Obviously, like 13-year-old me coming out with shit like that. I never gave a shit about enough when I was 13 about he my school. He wasn't even an arsehole. He was a really nice man. I was just a kid at school. That you were the arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> Literally... It was, I, in, it was in like PSE classes where you just don't really pay attention. I, I I got I got kicked out and banned from my RE classes for two weeks. What for questioning it? Yeah, um, but again, it, I think it's more the way I said it. Mm. Um, so I we were learning about the Immaculate Conception. Nice. Sorry if you're into this stuff. I'm not. <laughs> so that's tough. So we were learning about the Immaculate Conception. Her name was Miss Rainey. Was mm. my RE teacher. Yeah. And I just sat there being a right smug little 14-year-old. And I went, Miss, was there, like, alcohol back then? Yes, there was, Ryan. What kind of alcohol? Yeah, there would have been some sort of mead, maybe a wine of sort, maybe mm. back then. 
Okay, okay. Is it possible that Mary got so drunk she didn't know what she was doing and she completely forgot and then was hallucinating an angel in her yeah. dreams? I got kicked out for two weeks for that. Really? I got kicked out for two weeks. For questioning? She, she herself was uh, Roman Catholic, which they believe in the Immaculate Conception, don't they? You can't kick someone out of a classroom for questioning beliefs. Uh-huh. As an RE teacher, she should be like, okay, I understand, and then counter your point. Basically, I called Mary a bit of a, a drunken whore, and I got yeah. kicked out for two weeks. But she should counter your point. She shouldn't just kick you out. If you have, it's, it's, that whole, it's, it's like cancel culture nowadays, isn't it? Oh, you said something I don't like, I'm going to cancel you. It's like fuck oh off. right yeah 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 I don't yeah I don't like we said deplatforming yeah what it's like shut what? up if you can't handle that someone else has a different viewpoint to you you are a fucking moron but do you know what though that is that is as we were discussing a couple of weeks ago that's like the militant left yeah the militant that left. militant yeah. left of we don't like what you're saying yeah. you will be deplatformed here yeah what the fuck no 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 if you don't like it that's counter tough it. counter it with smart intellectual conversation eventually if they're stupid enough they'll come undone yeah you know. But yeah, so, I mean, hmm, uh, if Sophie Shaw was around right now, would she be militant left? Maybe, I'm not sure. But probably. I think it's probably fair to say that the, uh, well, actually, no, she wasn't militant. So she was, she was, she was a pacifist, like, she was very anti-violence. But then, but then it, it, it comes in, it's the scenario, isn't it? You have to contextualise it. Like, if I was in Nazi Germany, I'd become militant. It depends when it calls for it. You can be militant against evil, but again, in today's modern world, you can't be militant against those that just simply disagree. Well, we will find out that Sophie was not militant. Right, okay. Uh, their, whole, their whole shtick was no violence. Yeah. Bit Gandhi-like, no violence. Yeah. That's not how we roll. Yeah. We're going to do things smart. I'm sure Gandhi was violent at some point in his life, though. Was he? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. He, I know he promoted non-violence, but I also know he's a racist, so... yeah. He hate we'll, black people. We'll get onto Gandhi at some point. We will get onto Gandhi, <laughs> but I'm not sure if he'll go under good or bad. Well, we'll have to research and see where we want him to go. All right. Uh, right, so let's get back to it. It's now 1940, okay? Sophie has graduated from secondary school, although only just. Yeah. She had a lack of enthusiasm towards the tyrannical regime which made it quite difficult for her to focus on her schooling when it became more and more indoctrination than learning. Right. So it was like, do this, do this, do this. Learn, learn, learn. So you can help the German people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, for fuck's sake, why can't I just learn it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Learn how to count to ten so you can have ten babies mm. for the German people. No, why can't I just learn how to count? Whatever, that yeah, kind of yeah. shit. Okay. I'm, fer- I'm, I'm fed up with that. I'm not interested. I can't be asked. So that, that was her mentality which did mean she sort of scraped through school because she was half-arsing it the whole yeah, way. Yeah, right? she, she wasn't passionate about it, which is fair. No, not I at all. I get that completely. So, um, yeah, regardless, she graduated, which means she was pretty clever anyway. So her dream was to actually go to university. Um, but to do that, you need to serve in the National Labour Service. All young people must do this to do their part for the right. Because it's like national service, really, yeah. of some sorts. It's like, it doesn't have to be soldier. You can help with armaments yeah, in a yeah. factory or you know do this that the other yeah and once you've done that you can almost you've almost earned your place to go to university or go get a job that kind of sort of yeah, stuff right yeah. now naturally sophie was hesitant to do this and she tried to find a way of avoiding it so she took a job as a preschool teacher thinking that by helping to bring up the next generation of germans it would count towards her national labor service and get her entry to university yeah it didn't it didn't. It didn't work. That's not how it works. And in 1941, while the war was in full swing at this point, she enlisted in the auxiliary war service as a nursery teacher. 
Now her brother Hans was also having to serve, and obviously being male, there's a bit more pressure there. Yeah. Um, having to take on army duties whilst he was studying at medical school at the University of Munich. Right. Which sucks for him because yeah. he's like almost been like, well, I'll go to university and learn medical. I don't have to fight. I don't have to sort of really be part of this yeah. kind of thing. I can learn to be a doctor. Yeah. And they're like, nope, you're all going to do a bit of medical shit. Mm, fine. Okay. Yeah. Like soldiering. Mm-hmm. Wearing They'd uniforms while they, could cheer, though, couldn't they? they needed every soldier. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When I was researching this and sort of writing, particularly like with that sentence, that, that paragraph there, I was just saying like, Sophie's like going to now, she's in southern Germany. She's going to find a job because she wants to go to university. Mm. At this point, Poland has almost been obliterated. Yeah. The, the Nazis are sweeping through France. Yeah. Like, this war is fully kicking off. People are dying, and there yeah. are thousands. And, like, Sophie's, like, going to school, going yeah. to... Trying to get to university, trying to just find a job. With life. Like, life is just continuing. It seems so bizarre, doesn't it? Like, at some point, somewhere... Yeah, nothing really was happening in Germany, though, was it? Everyone was just going off to war instead of war being on their doorstep. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. War was not on their doorstep at that point. It was not a thing for them to really deal with. It not hit yeah. them just yet. Like, it was... Like, you're right, it was going off to war not fighting in your own home ground yeah. um, which I find that so interesting no, I suppose it's like us when people go off like Iran and Afghanistan and stuff you're like, absolutely like, right like, it would make no difference to my life but all the best you're absolutely right there whereas are, like, people in the Middle East are like well we're fucked yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like what was it when we were growing up Afghanistan was the big war at the yeah. time you've got pe- kids are not able to go to school because their school has been blown up or whatever yeah. Or there's, there's, there's soldiers around the area. There's been fighting in the local area. So you can't really go out. You've got to stay in or that kind of yeah. shit. Or you've not even got your own home. And it's like, we're just going to school every day. Yeah, hearing about on the news. Yeah, and you me. literally, you're hearing the news. You're like, oh, a soldier's been killed or whatever. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. And like, But if it was on your doorstep, it's mass crazy, isn't yeah. it? So after six months serving the war service, Sophie enrolled at the University of Munich, where her brother was studying, to study biology and philosophy. Now, while there... She was, like I say, reunited with her brother Hans, who introduced her to his friends who had all bonded over things like swimming, hiking, concerts and plays, you know, proper nice. little, you know. Creative bunch. Creative bunch, young, fit guys, just sort of, you know, going out, enjoying themselves, having yeah. a good time. Now, uh, during her time there, she came across people who would influence her and cement her thoughts on the regime. People like, you know, philosophers, writers, artists more creative people who think outside the box don't just you know take things as they are they think for themselves almost okay now they would question what the individual must do 
during a dictatorship should you follow blindly like a sheep or think for yourself and use your voice mm. which is a very good way of doing it because obviously for the most part quite a lot of people were just sheep and did yeah. as they were told and there was the minority of people that think for themselves but unfortunately they lived in a world where you're not supposed to live yeah. and think for yourself so during 1942 Sophie came across a mysterious leaflet around the university which denounced Nazism and Hitler Ooh. now this shit is highly illegal yeah that's really risky yeah it is treasonous to even read this sort of shit and yeah. take it on board alright but it speaks to her sort of way of thinking it's anti-Nazi it uses religious biblical and philosophical arguments against the regime so this is like mm, this is my kind of shit like who the fuck's writing this mm. alright so it wasn't long before she actually realised that it was her brother Hans who had written it. Oh dear. Yeah. So he was the guy behind the pamphlet. She realised this because she was in his room and she actually found evidence that suggested, oh, he's been the one writing it. And he yeah. came clean and was like, yes, this is me. This is me. So Hans, along with his friends, Christoph Probst, Will Graf, Jürgen Wittenstein and Alexander Schmorl all shared the same anti-Nazi sentiment. These are all the friends that he had introduced her to when she first came to university, the guys that were into their skiing and their swimming yeah. and their rock climbing and all that kind of stuff, right? But what had happened is over time they realised, well, actually, we've all got this some sort of anti-Nazi sentiment, all right? They needed a way to express their views. Now, unable to know who to trust at the time, which is fair, they decided to go underground and write anonymous pamphlets detailing their thoughts. Yeah. So they pulled their money together, they hung out in a friend's basement, they bought printing materials, and they set to work under the name The White Rose. And so they became a anti-violent, sort of anti-Nazi, peaceful way of protesting the regime. Yeah. And they do that by distributing pamphlets, trying to change people's minds one at a time, yeah. that kind of thing. So Sophie, she was like, I want in. Yeah. She's now a member of The White Rose, helped copy uh, letters helped distribute letters. Uh, she helped to mail them around the place. The, the pamphlets were calling for social justice and democracy. Now, Sophie's long-term boyfriend, Fritz Hartnagel, was... Name. That's a cool name, isn't it? Fritz Hartnagel. Um, he was a soldier and was deployed on the Eastern Front in Russia at Ooh, the time. It's not where you, well, you don't want to be anywhere, but you're going to be anywhere, not there. That's a horrific place to be. Yeah. That's really not the place to be at all. So uh, they would send letters to each other and um, he would send letters back to the White Rose, White Rose group from his detailed, horrific stories. Yeah. All right. Um, stories that told of horrific war crimes taking place there. Things like groups of POWs being murdered and put in mass graves, these predominantly being Russians yeah. or uh, like Slavs or yeah. Jews as well. And as, as he does later say, um, uh, mass graves and killings of Jewish people as well. Yeah. Now, this shit fully disgusted the White Rose group and it fully spurred them on more. So throughout 1942 and 43, they continued their work distributing pamphlets. Again, the war is like fully just kicking off at this yeah. point. Like it's getting bigger the and bigger deep. by the day, and they're they're at university thinking, "What can we do?" Yeah, you know. This was a seriously dangerous time for them. Okay, so uh, the Gestapo, the secret police, mm -hmm. they were allowed to tap into any phone calls they like. They were allowed to read any letters that they like. 
they could stop anyone they want and search them at any time. Mm -hmm. um, but they kept working. Yeah. Right? Uh, the war was raging all around them. Allies were dropping bombs on Munich by this point. But they stepped up their efforts. Okay, So they were graffitiing Nazi posters and the like, sort of that sort yeah. of stuff. Hans even made it to the Czechoslovakian border to meet with some anti-Nazi rebels. Like, they're really making some yeah, making moves. moves, right? Yeah. Someone needed to resist the regime, and they felt that if they didn't instigate it, then nobody would. Because they felt like they were on their own. Yeah. So on the 18th of February, 1943, Hans and Sophie brought a suitcase full of copies of their sixth pamphlet so they've gone through quite a few at this point but their sixth pamphlet okay this is the one that needs to be distributed it's going to be distributed throughout the university so they walked into the university they began distributing stacks of them in corridors hallways while all the students were in their lectures mm -hmm. so sophie at one point started to throw pamphlets off the balcony mm -hmm. so they've gone up to the balcony of this great hall and she's like right we've not got a lot left yeah let's just fuck it and then throw them yeah. all out all right so I imagine if it was a movie, that would be like a really, really cool scene. It's like you, you'd like it'd be camera on the bottom looking up. There's Sophie's on this balcony yeah. throwing these papers out, and they sort of like fall towards the camera. Yeah. I imagine it was pretty cool at the time. And even for her, it was like, yeah, go for it, fuck yeah. them. Ugh. Yeah, there was a staff member called uh, Jacob Schmidt who reported them to the Gestapo. He oh. had seen this and was like, uh, they're throwing leaflets that aren't very good. Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches, but in this case he didn't, no. Mm. Um, both of them were arrested and interrogated for several days before confessing. But they never gave up their co-conspirators. Nice. They, uh, but unfortunately, one of them, Christoph Probst, was discovered. Mm -hmm. But I believe was the only one. Uh, a few days later... On February the 21st, 1943, their trial began. But this was a show trial. All right? yeah. They weren't allowed to defense. They were already sentenced. They, they were already sentenced as soon as they were arrested. Yeah. And as soon as they confessed, that was it. Yeah. They weren't even allowed to have a defense. So they yeah. had no like legal precedent or that kind of shit. Um, although Sophie is recorded as saying, quote, Somebody, after all, had to make a start. What we wrote and said is also believed by many others. They just don't dare express themselves as we did. Yeah. Which, like, Fair point. if this was like Robin Hood, and that's like the sheriff of Nottingham, he'd just be like, ah, get to fuck. And then, like, after the thing, he'd walk down the corridor and he'd say to his minion on the left, be like, right, make sure you double down. Like, th like genuinely, that's a fucking scary sentence to say yeah. to someone. They're yeah. like, you do realize there are a lot of us that think this. And yeah. They're like, what? What? No, 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 what, what, what? Double down, please. Make sure we get crack out of it. Make sure there's none of this. Make sure everyone believes what believe we need them to believe. That yeah, kind of shit. Yeah, when you're fighting a war, you don't want enemies in your own territory. Yeah. You don't need people shouting this sort of stuff no. out. So the next day, February 22nd, 1943, Judge Roland Freisler, who is said to be a right piece of shit, there nice. is no two words about it, uh, he ordered over 2,000 executions during his time right. and was known to humiliate the accused who were on trial and just rebut them all the time. Like whatever they had to say, he's like, ah, get the fuck out, yeah. all that kind of stuff, right? So he's a, a proper little arsehole. He found them guilty of treason right. and he sentenced them to death by a guillotine. Okay. Uh, now, we were, we were saying earlier before we recorded, um, there are, she's made sort of social media famous again yeah. recently. There were pictures of someone being hung. Yeah, I thought she and was. People hung. keep claiming it to be her. That that that's not her. If whoever that person is, that's not her. She was not hung. She was she was sentenced to death by guillotine. Right, very French. 
Yeah, which is yeah, it seems a bit odd, isn't it? Mm. Um, so at five p.m. the same day. Fucking hell, they don't beat around the bush, do they? They do not beat around the bush. Do not that that trial happened sort of I don't know, mid midday or whatever, February twenty mm. second. By five o'clock the same day, uh, Hans and Sophie Scholl were taken to the guillotine. Sophie's last words were, "How can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause?" Such a fine sunny day and I have to go. But what does my death matter if through us thousands of people are awakened and stirred to action? Touche. Touche. Like, what? Well, mate. Prison officials remarked on the courage she had when walking to her execution. Like, that's impressive. So even they admired her a little bit. There's this 21-year-old, 22-year-old girl just walking to this place, saying what she's got to say, get it done. Mate, she's fucking a hero, man. Oh, what a hero. Oh, right, sorry. Her boyfriend, Fritz, who was a soldier on the Eastern Front, okay, uh, he helped them with information from the Eastern Front. He never got to say goodbye to Sophie. Yeah. Um, after the war, he actually married her sister, Elizabeth. Right, okay. A bit weird, but... It's weird, but it's kind of okay. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, mm. He married her sister, Elizabeth. They were together until his death in mm. 2001. So they were together oh, nice. a long nice time. Long life. Exactly. So, uh, and, and one of their things is they always kept Sophie's memory alive. Yeah. So I think, you know when we spoke about Diana and Charles? Yeah. And we were like, that was weird that he dated her sister? I yeah. don't think this is the weird thing. I think yeah, this, this is, is more... Nice. Because he was a long-term boyfriend, so he's probably come home, and obviously they're religious, but clearly they've, yeah. done, they've clearly done stuff or whatever. Yeah. But like, he's probably come home and just been like, "Fuck!" Like, and then the family's almost been there to console him, maybe, yeah. and you know that happens. Yeah, I think that's. It, I think it was it's just a way of helping yeah. each other out, get through it, and it just happened to blossom, maybe. Yeah. But I like that. I like that personally. Yeah. He died in two thousand one. Um, now, a copy of that sixth pamphlet that was discovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, a copy of it was smuggled out of Germany through Scandinavia and made it to the UK. Wow. Where it was retitled The Manifesto of the Students of Munich. Mm. And the RAF dropped millions of copies <laughs> over Germany in an attempt to sway the minds of the people. That would really, that would uh, probably piss Hitler off more than bombs. Probably, yeah. 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 It, it, in a way, what's the better way of doing it? Do you drop a shitload of bombs on innocent people that haven't done anything killing them? And turn them against you. And turn them against you. Or do you drop a shitload of pamphlets and turn their minds against their own people? Yeah. Mm. It's clever, isn't it? Very well, done. Very well done, RAF. <laughs> yeah, that's a clever move. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't work. No. Um, not many people talked to it. Or Well, if they did, they didn't say anything. Yeah. Because it, it, it's clear that majority of the, of the nation at this point are four. Yeah. Or maybe then against, and so yeah. the, the numbers just maybe don't add up quite yeah. yet. And obviously they're they're terrified. And obviously they've lived for the last sort of ten, near fifteen years under an oppressive regime that yeah. they can't say anything. So even if you like, oh, read this pamphlet, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I really, you're bubbling up inside, but you're still like, well, all this enthusiasm doesn't stop a bullet, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, but still, cool of them to do that. And yeah. actually, her pamphlet made it world almost, almost worldwide you know the UK got it and they were like yeah distribute that shit get it out of there yeah. that's cool it's a shame they didn't call it by her name like Sophie Scholl's Manifesto or yeah. whatever or Anne Hans or the White yeah. Rose Manifesto or anything like that that'd been cool um, and also uh, in terms of legacy in 2003 the German TV show Unser Besten which is Our Best I, I hope I said that right our best is um, set out to find the greatest Germans of all time. And Sophie and her brother Hans, they were joint fourth 
Oh, nice. Out of the, I believe, 100. Third, if you're interested, that was Karl Marx. Karl Marx? Karl Marx was third no greatest way. German of all time. If you type, this is funny, because if you type into Google, top evil people in history, and you go on quite a few websites, Karl Marx is up there. Isn't that right? Mm. The father of communism. I think it, 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 it depends who writes the websites, doesn't it? It depends. Because socialism right. is some people's biggest enemy and some people's biggest friend. I think the perfect blend is socialism, capitalism working together. Yeah. That is the perfect blend. I think England nearly got it, nearly had it right. Mm. I think America have fucked it so hard. They've gone capitalism to a point with no return. America is the definition of capitalism. Everything is money. Everything is money. You're dying? Money. Money. You're having a baby? Money. Money. Everything's money. Here, you're dying? We'll sort you out. Yeah. I think maybe there could be an argument for saying if you're, technically speaking, relatively... Actually, no, they're not. No, I was going to... Do you know what? I nearly gave you an olive branch, guys. (laughs) Nearly gave you an olive branch. I was going to say for a young nation, maybe capitalism is the way of going forward and making money and getting enough money. But do you know what, America? You're not a young nation anymore. Germany, technically, is a younger nation than you are. Granted, more established. It had more going for it before 1871. But still... Mm. Technically, the young nation thing's bollocks. Like you're not a child. Like we're all born in the same time. <laughs> not. Um, number two, if you're interested, um, was Martin Luther. Yeah. Who we just briefly speak about earlier. Yeah. Number one was Conrad uh, Adenauer. Sorry if I've butchered that name. Um, he was a prime minister of Germany right, after yeah. the war and was very very famous for what he did to rebuild Germany back yeah. up again. Um, so that was Sophie Scholl's story, unfortunately. She she um, had a mind of her own. She and her brother and her friends, they come out and said, you know what, fuck this government. We've got a voice. We've got people that don't agree with you. Yeah. And I'm free to say what I like. I'm free to say that. I'm free to protest against you and lost her head for it. Yeah, but thank God we're allowed to do that in today's world. Thank and God not we're allowed lose to our head. And do you know what? When I was when I was researching this, I was like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, fuck, that's where the power is. The power is in university students. Students are the power, man. I think that terrifies a lot of older people. That I, terrifies a lot of people. I remember once having a political debate a few Christmases ago with my family, and like I think I forget who it was turned around to me and our oh, uni's corrupted you. <laughs> and I was like, higher education's corrupted me, or is it just fucking educated me? I don't know if you've heard of the term. Uh, I think it is it called student politics Probably. or university politics. I think it's called university politics. Uh, so there there is a term you'll hear politicians say it now and then. It's called university politics, I believe, and it's of just young left liberal people going, well, everyone should be given a thousand pounds a month to live, a universal basic income, and everyone's like, yeah, that sounds lovely, but it doesn't work in the real world. Yeah, like there's that. I think that's what universal university politics is. Is just people just going, they're idealists, not realists. They're idealists, not realists. You're yeah. absolutely right. They just think of all these amazing, cool things that we could do, and it's like, yeah, but do you live in the real world? I'm not sure how that sounds doable. Would fucking crumble. Although, is it Nor- Norway or Sweden? One of the Scandinavian the Scan- countries. The Scandinavian countries have it. Four days a week, six hours. Finland. Finland, that I was think it. they've just done it. Finland. They've fucking nailed it. They're like... Anyway. Anyway. Apparently, I saw a stat. I think it was the 2017 election. If only people under the age of 25, 18 to 25, were allowed to vote, Labour would have won every single seat. Wow. That's mad. That's yeah. mad. And it shows sort of like... Was it? Like, young kids are like full of optimism and yeah. hope and a wage does that die potential and then as you get older you become more cynical and absolutely absolutely and it, then uh, yeah at what point does that it becomes go? me 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 except instead of us 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 yeah yeah it's, it's, it's crazy that i think university students students as a whole are a, a hotbed of <clears throat> thought 
they should be listened should to tap more. Into. I hate I, like older people. Like I get respect for elders and all that, but people saying old people are wise, like fuck off. Mm. It's like back in your day, you didn't think marriage people, uh, gay people, should be married. Yeah, you, you fucking hated it. You hated black people. You're not wise. You're fucking backwards. Yeah. The world you grew up in doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, fuck that, off. That's what it is. The world if anyone's wise about today's world, it's the young people. And when I get older, I'm going to be looking at the young people, going, "Oh, them kids doing no. things differently to how I did it." You're absolutely right. I'll, I, I, I would like to hope that when I am older, I will look towards the younger people and be like, "Teach me about what, your what, world." What do you want? Yeah. Like, what do you want? Because what you're the ones world that have got now? to fucking live. I mean, it changes so quickly. Like, um, things like what is it? Like apps, like TikTok. Yeah. My girlfriend has only oh, recently just tip. downloaded TikTok. Yeah. I don't fucking get it. It's just Vine, Vine isn't it? It, it? Yeah, it, yeah, it's Vine. Like, Vine is like 2000 and, I don't know, whenever that was, like 2012 or something yeah. stupid like that. How quickly that changes? Do you remember, like, MSN? There'll be kids who don't know what MSN is. Yeah. I, I saw a stat the other day. There were people who were born in 2001 that are having children. Yes, and they were like, they haven't even seen Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah, what? Was, like, <laughs> like, did you not see me? it when you were a kid? Like, what? <laughs> Your parents haven't weren't born when Shrek came out. Oh, uh, like kids, kids nowadays can like go on YouTube or whatever, or, yeah. or they've got their Sky Telly. They've got everything on they've demand. Netflix, everything like that. I used, you know what I used to do. I used to go on like Saturday morning. I'd go downstairs, put the telly on. We'd had Sky. It was like we, it was brand new. Yeah, like, yeah. it was fantastic. I used to get Sky. I used to go on at the, at the time. It was called Fox Kids. Yeah, and I, I used to I go on to Fox Kids I used to put the VHS in and I press record yeah, and I would yeah. record the day's cartoons yeah. and that was how I had all my cartoons on demand I used yeah. to put my, my VHS in my TV yeah. and that's how I got cartoons I used to do that for Simpsons, Simpsons episodes that's just such VHS recording ingenious kids man that's I mean, kids nowadays are, uh, we're literally we're getting old already <laughs> I'm, I've literally been like young people students and I'm becoming the old person I, I, said, I said this to my mum the other day like, I'm really glad that I was part of the last generation that grew up with no phone no fucking Had laptop and, and all play. that. Like, if I wanted to have fun, I'd go out in the garden. I'd kick a football at a wall for fucking yeah, hours. Hours. And I'll guarantee I have more fun. Yeah. Than because in my head I was winning the fucking World Cup. Oh god, yeah. That I remember Kirby it. Kirby as well. You mean Kirby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was fucking Kirby. Kirby. But like nowadays, kids are getting phones. At, what? Eight? My little cousin, I figure out. Oh, she's got a fucking Apple Watch. I don't want an Apple Watch. I think they're pointless. <laughs> But again, I think that's just <laughs> my age. What's using an Apple Watch for? <laughs> it's just, it's just. If you want to tell, the, like, I don't even have a fucking watch. If I want to know the time, I'll look at my phone. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um. Anyway, I've gone ranting about kids, fucking kids. Literally, we've aged about twenty years in just one paragraph. But, but that's the thing. That's the thing. It comes back to the world develops, and you have to learn about the world that the new generation are coming into. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the world changes so quickly, and young people are the ones that are on point with how the world is at the time. Yeah, they know what the world's how the world. You know, their world works. When I say young people, I mean like people like our age at yeah, the moment. Yeah. Like we are very aware of how our world is and how we live in it. Right. How many times have your parents ever gone to you when like looking for a job, say? They go, well, why don't you just go in there and ask if they've got any yeah. jobs? Mate, what? Uh, every what? fucking time I see my nan, have you written to the R- RSC? <laughs> have you have you written to the BBC? It's like, fucking yeah. hell, is it that yeah. easy? Uh, and it's like, I mean, uh, so me and James both trained as actors. Uh, and it's just like, well, why don't you go in and just be like the T-boy or the runner? Yeah. And then from there on, you can work up and work in Hollywood. Yeah. What? That's but not I'll, how it works. I'll cut the middleman and fucking text Bilberg. We went, <laughs> we went, um, we went to go see um, Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over Christmas. And we're watching it. And um, whilst we're watching it, we're having a good laugh. And this lad's playing Peter Pan. And it's good, good fun. And one of my sisters leaned over to me and my girlfriend and was like, Ryan, you'd be good at this. Why don't you do this? I was like, 
Do you, no, know what? do you know what? Do you know what? I would love that. It's not that easy, mate. I'm going to do it off the stage you. My yeah, turn. Yeah, I mean, like, t- like after the show, just being like, that was really good. Tomorrow, do you mind if I do it? <laughs> like, that's not how it works. It's just not. No, yeah, it's that yeah. shit where it's like, listen, you, the world's not like it used to be when you applied for a job. My mum used to be like, oh, when I was employed, like, I'd quit my job that day and go get one in the afternoon. Because you didn't have to be fucking qualified. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. that's fine. There was loads of jobs going around. Now, if now experience people, in everything now. people get like serious anxiety they're like i think I, w- I hate my job i think i want to quit my job but it's like if i quit my job i won't find another job and then you end up staying in the job your anxiety gets worse your mental health gets worse you yeah. have a breakdown you take three months out and then you end up <laughs> leaving anyway and you've got no money oh it's awful I- i'm currently in between jobs at the minute and like i've been applying religiously every day for the past week and i haven't heard a single fucking thing for jobs i'm overqualified for yeah that's that's what bugged me when i was looking for jobs like, i'm overqualified for this job and i'm not even getting a phone call back i've got a fucking degree and like, i can't get a job you know what you need to do you need to go in the store and actually ask them have you got any jobs going yeah <laughs> that's what you gotta do apparently that works <laughs> that's not how it works now that's not how it works you just gotta be like <laughs> ring the bbc ring the head of bbc and just ask me if they've got a job yeah, it's spot on. Well done. I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> Let's know how it goes. So, um, all right, that was Sophie Scholl. She genuinely was for a young 22-year-old fucking badass, man. She stood up to one of the most scary regimes of the last sort of 200, 300, 400 years or whatever. Ever. Ever. Yeah. One of the most deadliest, scary regimes going. And she had the balls to be like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to say what I like. So, well done, Sophie Scholl. And thank you for existing. Yes, thank you. Um, genuinely look her up she's fantastic find out a bit more about her stuff maybe that I've missed or whatever genuinely check it out she's so inspiring and and genuinely she's a hero she is a Mm, hero her, her brother and all their friends are heroes so thank you very much for existing you guys and thank you very much for listening everyone um, yes, this is the first of our record, obviously. This is next week for you guys. This has been a month, or just under a month, as we said. So we're getting back into the swing of it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Join us next week, where we're going to talk about... Is it my bad person or my good person? I believe it's going to be your good person. My good person is Desmond Doss. Which is another World War Two one, I believe. If you have seen Hacksaw Ridge, it's based on his life. It's a damn good film. Do you yeah, know what? Mel Gibson, they're like, it's a Mel Gibson film. Yeah, I've seen Mel Gibson films. No, this one's good. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Genuinely, and it is good. Really good. It's genuinely a good movie. Join us next week and we shall be talking about that. Follow us on all the social media. Uh, Twitter, that's WPD, at that's WPD. Instagram, that's what people do podcast. Facebook, that's what people do podcast. Or put at that's WPD. You will find us or send us an email at uh, that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. I'm getting better at that. Very well. Very good. So, guys, thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys again. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.